Praise the Lord. Well, we are excited to have Dr. Buddy Bell with us today. Amen. And so we're going to give him all the time that he needs to be able to impart to the church. So let's give a warm welcome to my friend and mentor, Dr. Buddy Bell. Well, glory. Are you glad you're in church? Amen. Amen. Tammy, where's Tammy at? That was just up here. Tammy, I, um, I want to share this with you while Pastor was praying for you. That I, I, I don't know how to word it. Uh, I know one word uh, that's in this, but uh, there's something about a miracle you're going to witness. That's going to happen right in front of your eyes. Amen. So you come back and tell me about it, okay? You don't need to tell anybody else. Just tell me, okay? <laughs> I want to know. Amen. Then I want to do one more thing. I want to kind of step out of the box here. How many golfers are here in the church? That's what I thought. Three. Amen. Now I'm going to ask the big question. How many fishermen are in this church? Uh, Patrick, you want to stand up and turn around and look at all the fishermen in the church? Like, why isn't there a fishing tournament? Can I have an amen? That's not hard to figure out, Patrick. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Be quiet. I believe you ought to have a good time in church. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor, I was, uh, when you uh, asked me to come and uh, for this weekend, this weekend is, is about you that serve and you that are going to serve. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, he, he's talking to you. And uh, I was thinking about it. You know, it's been uh, been traveling now be, uh, 42 years, 42, 43 years, uh, teaching on the ministry of helps. But I, I thought back in church when I first was in church, and and I was sitting there, and and uh, I, you know, I, I was an old dirt farmer from Illinois, married, had three little girls, and and barely made it out of high school, and and they were asking for volunteers in the church. And, and I'd sit there and just, you know, I'd say, yeah, they, they don't want you, buddy. They don't want you. I mean, you don't know the Bible. You don't pray all the time, you know, and uh, you're not that smart. And, and you know, they, they wouldn't want you. But uh, they kept asking, and I finally, you know, raised my hand, and, and I thought, well, you know, if, if they tell me they don't want me, I understand, you know, because I'm, I'm just, I don't have that much to offer at that time, and, uh, but, but they said, no, no, we want you, and I got involved. You know, the Bible says if you're faithful in the little, you'll be faithful in much, and I've learned that you, you got to start with the little. The devil will come to you and tell you you got to do a lot if you're going to serve God. That's not true. Just start with a little. So Kathy and I started with a little in this church and for a year they had services every night and every you know and we were there every 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 night for a year serving as ushers and greeters and cleaning the church and really really having a great time amen it bothered some people pastor you know they said brother bell you need to stay home you know you're you're here too much pastor kevin you ought to take in consideration your family and I tell them, but you don't understand, uh, uh, Kathy and I, we fight when we stay home. Amen. <laughs> it's true. We needed to be in church. Amen. We need to be here in the Word of God. Amen. So it was good, you know. People would, they'd call us names. They'd call us weird, strange. You probably heard these names, Patrick. You know, you're different. 
You know, God broke the mold when he made you, Patrick. Amen. And uh, sometimes I think people say those things to uh, give them a, a satisfaction that, you know, they don't have to really, really serve uh, in the church. But I'll never forget when my pastor showed the ministry of helps in the Bible. And I sat in church where you all are sitting right now, and I had tears in my eyes. And uh, because it bothered me that I was called these names because we were there every time the doors opened up. And and I sat there where you're sitting today with tears in my eyes. And I said, you know, buddy, you're not weird. You're not strange. You're not different. God, God didn't break the mold when he made you. The mold is still in the Bible. Amen. God's not in the business of raising up an audience. He's in the business of raising up an army. You know, I often ask as, I, as we travel and go to different churches, why are you here? Well, God wants me here. Why does God want you here? So I can grow in the Word. Why are you growing in the Word? Look at your neighbor and say, man, he is really talking to you. Open up your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get started. Hallelujah. Tonight we got a banquet. And of course we're going to have barbecue. That's all they have here at Lake Church is barbecue. Amen. So you don't want to miss that. And then the pastor asked me if I would share a little at that. So I'm going to share a little. Probably one of the most dynamic teachings we have on the ministry of helps. And so you don't want to, you don't want to miss tonight. I mean, if anything, you know, come for the food. Amen. Come for the food. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight, for tonight, for today, for another opportunity to minister your word. Father, it was ordained by you that I be here this day at Lake Church to help to do my part in the vision that you've given the pastor Greg and Karen. And Father, I thank you for every individual that is here today, every individual that's watching on the internet, online, that the gifts, the talents, the abilities on the inside will begin to stir and rise to the top. Father, I thank you for this. I thank you on my behalf for clarity of speech and for simplicity of thought. (laughs) And again, most of all, I thank you for the anointing that it flows like it's never flowed before. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen and amen. I don't want to forget Kathy. Many of you know her probably more than you know me around here. Amen. Kathy, just stand up and just show them how beautiful you are. Come on. You can do it. There you go. Fifty-two years. Amen. Everybody got one of these? Did everybody get one of these cards? Did they hand them out? Nobody got them? Well, then I'll get rid of mine. (laughs) Everybody got a card? Nobody got a card? Okay. Two people got a card. That's good. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. It says, now ye, we're talking to y'all. He says, now ye are the body of Christ. Y'all full gospel still, right? I heard a few people shouting earlier. Listen, church, if you've never said uh, amen, hallelujah, glory, or preach on preacher, you can do it this morning, okay? I loose you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. He says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Each and every one of us are particular members in the body of Christ. We're not just members, but our Bibles tell us that we are particular members. When I say the word particular, the other word I think of is special. Each and every one of us are special members in the body of Christ. 
You tell some people that, well, now, brother, buddy, I don't know if I'd say I'm special. Brother, buddy, uh, 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 brother uh, Larry sits back there in the back. He's special. I, I know that, brother, buddy. And, and Sister Rosa sits over here. She's special. I, I know that. But, brother, buddy, I don't know if I'd say I'm special. Oh, I, I'm here every time the doors open up. And, and I believe I'm 100% behind the pastors. And, and, brother, buddy, I'll do just about anything that needs to be done in the church. But, but brother, buddy, I, I don't know if I say I'm special. Well, relax, you don't have to say it. The Bible has already said it for you. The Bible says that ye are a special member. And let me tell you something, church. We need every special member working and functioning properly in the body or the body just doesn't run right. Oh, it'll run. But we won't get the full potential, the full power out of the body if we don't have all the special members working and functioning properly. Can I have an amen? Let me illustrate that this way. Some of you might remember this illustration. Now, I was raised on a farm. Okay, if you want to get me real excited, just start talking about John Deere tractors and I get excited. Amen. Yeah, there's John Deere's in heaven. Well, yeah, the Bible talks about things in heaven are green. Amen. Yeah. And then farmers with them red tractors, we know where they're going. Amen. (laughs) The tractors, not the farmers, but the tractors. Amen. So you know how I was raised on a farm. One, one of the highlights of my life when I was on the farm, before I turned 16, before I got my driver's license, was being able to go to my grandfather's farm and drive the vehicles. You know, driving the combine, the tractors, that, that was something. But the big thing was driving my grandpa's truck. Why? Because it had a clutch, and it was four on the floor. But the only time we could drive the truck is when they were using it. Out in the fields. Well, I remember one day I was at school, and I knew my grandpa was in the field that day, so I knew <laughs> when school got out, I'd get to go home and drive that truck. I'd get to go home and shift those gears, pump that clutch. Man, I'm going to drive the truck. I didn't learn nothing that day in school. Nothing. <laughs> when they were teaching math, I was shifting gears. When they were teaching science, I was pumping the clutch. Amen. (laughs) School bell rang. I got on the school bus. Had to ride it for about an hour to get home. Amen. We were the first ones on and the last ones off. Amen. And and I'd watch that bus driver shift those gears and pump that clutch. Man, I'm sitting there thinking I get to drive the truck. I got home. I got on my bicycle. My grandfather's farming about a mile and a half away. And while I was riding my bicycle over there, I was shifting gears. I was pumping the clutch. Man, I am ready to drive that truck. Amen. I got to my grandfather's farm. I came into the barn lot there, and I saw the truck. And it was sitting by the shop, and they had the hood up. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, something's wrong. I went into the shop there. My grandpa was in there. He had the carburetor off the truck, and he had it all tore apart on the workbench. I looked at him. I said, Grandpa, what are you doing? He said, well, buddy, the truck wasn't running too good. So I stopped, took the carburetor off, took it apart, going to clean it, put it back together here in just a little bit, and we'll get going again. I said, well, hurry up. (laughs) I've been waiting all day to drive this truck. You can put up when I ask for it. (laughs) Amen. Take the slide. Thank you. Thank you. I love this church. I really do. (laughs) Amen. So I'm standing there watching him clean his carburetor. And uh, I noticed something. I noticed that he was taking more time with the littler parts than he was with the bigger parts. And tell you the truth, on some of the little parts, he'd go over and get into a book and read about them for a few minutes. So I remember I told my grandpa, I said, Grandpa, Grandpa, you know, uh, just put the big parts together. You know, I, I, I want to drive the truck. He said, no, buddy. He says, we've got to have all the parts of this carburetor, carburetor, big and small. And we've got to have them all adjusted properly. He says, or this truck won't run right. He says, oh, it'll run. 
but we won't get the full potential, the full power out of this, out of this engine if we don't have all the parts of this carburetor, big and small. Well, you know, <laughs> I was just kind of, just put the thing together, Grandpa. That don't sound important to me right now. All I'm thinking about right now is just shifting the gears and pumping the clutch, driving the truck. And so he saw that, and he says, okay, buddy, I'm going to prove something to you. I'm going to put the carburetor together, but I'm going to leave out some of them little parts that you don't think are that important. And he put them over here on the workbench. He says, I'm going to prove to you how important they are. He got in there. He fired that truck up. It took off. After a few seconds, it flooded out. He says, now, buddy, the reason this is happening is because you think these little parts right here are not that important. He says, I'll prove it to you again. So after a few minutes, he got in there. He fired that truck up again. It took off. After a few seconds, it flooded out again. You know, a lot of churches run that away. We jump in there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, everything floods out. So we let everything settle for a while. And then we'll jump back in there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, everything floods out again. Hmm. Why does this happen in some churches? I believe I know why. Because, see, in some churches we develop this attitude that all we need is just the big parts. Don't take it personal, Pastor. That all we need is just the big parts. That we don't need the so-called little parts. That we don't need to get into the manual and learn about every member and every part and how to finally tune and how to finally adjust every member and every part. Why? So that we will get the full potential and the full power out of the body like we ought to. Can I have an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, he's really talking to the people sitting behind us. He goes on in verse 28. It says, and God has set some in the church. Now, that's where I want to be. I want to be in church. Today, a lot of people just go to church. I want to be in church. To be in church means to be involved in church. It says, and God has set some in the carburetor. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings. And what's that next little word, church? Does, does everybody see that little word? I have traveled for 42 years in 30-some countries, and I still come across people that have never heard of that little word, have never seen it in the Bible. And I've discovered why. This is where a lot of people blink when they're reading this verse. They're wide-eyed when they start reading it. Oh, yeah, apostles. Oh, yeah, prophets. Oh, yeah, teachers. Oh, yeah, uh, working of miracles. Oh, yeah, gifts of healings. Oh, yeah, diversities of tongues. And they blink over helps in governments. (laughs) Listen, I know a lot of blinking Christians. Amen. (laughs) And I've been to a lot of blinking churches, too. Amen. (laughs) Look at your neighbors. Say, we're not a blinking church. But there it is. It's in the Bible. It says that God set it into the church. So that told Buddy Bell that the ministry of helps is a ministry is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a prophet. Thank you for those two yeses, but we'll have three amens by three o'clock. Amen. Why? Because our God is not a respecter. But I've been asking churches all over the world, what happened to us? Why do we respect some higher than we do others when we're in this thing together? We need the big parts of the carburetor, and we need the little parts of the carburetor working together. Look at your neighbor and say, now he's really talking to me. Amen. We need every part. Now, W. Vines, they define the ministry of helps like this. It says, one of the ministrations in the local church, by way of rendering assistance or especially of help minister to the weak and the needy. Are you rendering assistance in the church right now? Are you giving help to the weak and the needy? Then you're operating in that supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. You're in that verse 28. You're on the same billboard as the apostles and prophets. 
Are you sitting there today and, and, and in your heart you've said, boy, I want more. I want more. I, I was this way. I'd go to church and i think, there's got to be more. It's got to be more than just driving to a building and, and hearing a good message and going home. I did. There was times I just said, you know, man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And, and inside I had that stirring. Right now, you have that stirring on the inside. You want more. You want more than just coming in and, and, and getting a good message and going home. You, you'll never convince me that this is not true. That every Christian, every Christian, deep in their hearts, desire to serve God. But they think they have to be a big part to do it. You have to start off doing something big. Well, if I, if I commit, Patrick, will I be doing this every Sunday for the rest of my life? Do this, Patrick. Just do that, okay? No. No, just start with a little. Maybe you can only work, you know, serve uh, uh, one, one Sunday a, a month or one Sunday a quarter or one Sunday every six months. But if you're faithful in the little, you will be faithful in much. The Holy Spirit, I was, I was thinking about this, you know, uh, just the other day. That little is seeds. You're planting seeds, Amen. Well, I, Kathy and I, we've served in every area in the church. We planted a lot of seeds. Amen. And we were faithful in the little. And now we're being faithful in much. There's a definition that's uh, becoming pretty famous now around the world. It was written in the 1800s by a Pentecostal holiness preacher by the name of God Bay. And he wrote a commentary on the New Testament. And this is how he defines the ministry of helps. People who render assistance, who desire to render assistance. People who give help to the weak and the needy. For people who desire to give help in the weak and the needy. He starts off with the word O-H-O. And it's not O. That's how some people describe, you know, rendering assistance, giving help in the weak and the needy. Oh, why do they always call me? And on top of that, who gave them my phone number? I'll ask people, what do you do here in your church? Oh, I'm an usher. Oh, I serve in children's church. Somebody's got to do it. Oh, I just do whatever pastor asked me to do. Look at your neighbor and say, he's still talking to you. But Brother God, he's excited. He's just not excited about apostles and prophets. He's just not excited about miracles and gifts of healings. But he's excited about you that render assistance. You that desire to give help to the weak and the needy. He starts off, oh, the infinite value. We're not talking about prophets. We're not talking about apostles. We're talking about you. Oh, the infinite value. How many people will be saved in this church? How many people will be healed in this church? How many people in this church will be delivered? Amen. Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when, when red to hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Woo, what a definition for a dirty diaper changer, amen. What a definition for an usher, a bucket passer, amen. What a definition for those that serve in the outreaches, in the youth ministry. Anyone who is rendering assistance or giving help to the weak and the needy. Let me give you another definition. I like this one. He starts off, he says, uh, there is no hierarchy in the gifts of God. Can I have an amen? There is no hierarchy in the gifts of God. One day I was preaching, I, I said this. 
I said, big guns and little guns in the body. Holy Ghost grabbed me and said, wait a minute. I didn't tell you to say that. You ever had that happen, Pastor? What, once? Okay. He says, there's no big guns or little guns in the body. There's only one gun and you're all bullets in it. That's good, isn't it? few days after that I was meditating on that and the Holy Ghost spoke to me he said but buddy but buddy the sad thing about it is when I pull the trigger a lot of you don't go off <laughs> click 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 bang click 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 bang click 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 bang sound like church doesn't it just every now and then somebody goes off for God amen I don't know about you, when the Holy Ghost pulls the trigger on me, I'm going to be a bang for Jesus. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to be a bang for Jesus. They go on and they say this, the ministry of the church does not rest on status, but on service. Status does not impress God. Status does not move God. When I, when I go to church, the pastor asks me, how do you want me to introduce you, brother buddy? Do I introduce you as an apostle or uh, as a prophet or as an evangelist? And, and I said, no, introduce me as a servant. That's the greatest calling is to be called a servant of God. And, and it, it's interesting. Some of them, oh, and I can tell you, you just don't understand, do you? It takes the big parts and the little parts. To get the job done. Amen. I, I am not embarrassed to be called a servant of God. What a calling. The ministry of church does not rest on status, but on service. They go on and they say, no gift that serves others is little. Can I have an amen? No gift that serves others is little. And then they end with this. God uses both. The stars and the candles. To light his world. God uses both. Go ahead. Just punch your neighbor a little. He uses both. The stars and the candles. Turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I hope no one will be disappointed, but uh, we're going to look at some candles in the Bible. We know all the stars. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. It says, Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. You know, a lot of times we don't talk about women in church. It's sad. I just heard the other day there's a, some denomination that won't allow women to preach. You know. Well, that's crazy. I won't say that. It says, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. So we have a, a, a woman here who was full of good works and alms deeds. At least she did something. And she got sick and she died. They gave her a bath and she went to heaven. Okay, we're done, right? God's done with her, right? I don't think so. Let's go on. And for as much as Lydia was not a Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, praise the Lord, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Now, it took four hours to get to Peter. I had someone do some research. It took them four hours to get there, four hours to get back. It's been eight hours. Okay. It says, then Peter rose, went with them, and when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. I remember reading this. I thought, well, what are they doing back there? The woman done died, took a bath, and went to heaven. And on top of that, she just did good works and alms deeds. She didn't do that much. 
And they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. And you know, your first thought, well, all she did was make coats and garments. All she did was, was sew. No gift that serves others is little. Amen. Some would say, why are, why are we wasting our time with her? Let's see. But Peter put them all forth, kneeled down, and prayed. Over the years, as I have traveled, uh, and I get to this verse right here, and I get to that word prayed. Now, get the picture here. All the people were there weeping and uh, over Dorcas, you know, and, and showed him the things that he did. And he asked them all to leave the room. Now, Peter, here's your big chance. I mean, the crowd, the CU, you know. He said, no. He told everyone to leave, and then he kneeled. It was just him and, 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 and Dorcas there, and she's dead. He kneeled in her presence. Someone who just rendered assistance, did a little sewing here and there. And then he prayed. And over the years, I've asked hundreds now, hundreds of people, what did he pray? What was his prayer? Over the years, I've received, Kelly, haven't we, hundreds of, of different opinions, which I tell them, I, I can't tell you that your opinion is wrong. It just says he prayed. But what did he pray? What would you have prayed that day? I have an opinion. I believe his prayer went along with Hebrews 6.10. I believe his prayer was, God, you're not an unrighteous God. You will not forget our work and our labor of love which we have showed toward your name, which we do minister to the saints and do minister. I believe that was Peter's prayer. God, you're not an unrighteous God. You will not forget my work and labor of love, which I have showed toward your name, which I do minister to the saints and do minister. And he turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, arise. And the woman that sewed a little, made garments, opened her eyes. He took her by the hand, and she sat up. It says he presented her alive, and many believed in the Lord. My next question was, why did many believe in the Lord? First answer I usually get is, well, they just watched a miracle. She was raised from the dead. Yeah, I believe there were some that were, you know, that affected them. But I also believe many saw that even God sees the candles. Even God sees those who render assistance they give help to the weak and the needy. And he wasn't done with her. She'd been faithful in the little. And he had much more for her to do. Whoo! Turn to Acts chapter 7. I'll wrap this up. Somebody said to me one day, Brother Buddy, I bet you can find ministry of helps throughout the Bible. Yeah, I can. There are a lot of candles in the Bible. Acts chapter 6, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 6. 
Verse 1, it says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. We're coming up short on some assistance. We're coming up short on the ministry of helps. Then the twelve called the mold to the disciples and to them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, let me help you with this statement. They're not saying that they will not serve tables. They're not saying that. They're not saying, well, I've done that. I've done that. So I don't have to do it anymore. No, what they're saying is we can't do everything. The staff here at Lake Church, they can't do everything. Hmm, that could be the answer on why God brought you here. They said, wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually prayer into the ministry of the word. We've got a plan. And what's interesting, everybody is included in this plan. The same pleased the whole multitude. If you're here today, if you're online, if you've never seen a miracle in the Bible, there's your first miracle. Everybody was pleased. But they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and and five of the guys they ran around with. Now look at verse 6. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Now please understand what I'm about to say. (laughs) Pastor Kevin, they're just going to serve tables. They're just going to help with widows. And you're going to have the apostles pray over them and lay hands on them? I mean, come on. They're just serving tables. They're just helping with the widows. In my travels, I often ask pastors, when was the last time you prayed over your children workers and laid hands on them? When was the last time you prayed over your ushers, your greeters, uh, uh, and, and laid hands on them? When, when was the last time you had a banquet for your ministry helps people? Some would say, why, why is he doing this? Why is pastor doing, doing a banquet? Why did he bring Buddy Bell here? Because you're important. You're valuable. We need every member, every part of the body. And this banquet tonight is a, is a banquet of celebration for you that are serving and you that desire to serve. They brought them before the apostles. The apostles prayed and they laid their hands on them. Now watch this. Immediately the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly, and a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. As more of us get involved, the greater the presence of God will become in Manford, Oklahoma. Pastor can only reach so far with the presence of God. But as, as we begin to be involved, as we begin to multiply as an army, the presence of God will reach farther and farther. Verse 8, and Stephen, remember him? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll help the widows. Uh, I'll, I'll serve the tables. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll help in the outreach. And Stephen full of faith and what? Power. Now where'd that come from? Didn't mention it before. But it mentions it now after. After, keyword, after. I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll help in children's church, youth ministry. 
Now Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Listen to the amplified version. It says, now Stephen, full of grace, which is divine blessing and favor. Now listen to this. And power. Now this is what that word power is. Strength and ability. Over the years, I've, I've heard people say, oh, I would love to do that, but I don't think I could do it. Whoa, you've got that power on the inside of you. You've got that strength. You've got that ability on the inside of you. And when you raise your hand, when you get involved, you are releasing that power. You are releasing that strength. You are releasing that ability on the inside of you. If you told me 40-some years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing today, I would have laughed. But as we begin to serve in the little, that power began to be released in us and through us. And that strength and ability. I, 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 wish, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could, you know, reach inside of you and, and, and show you the power that you have. And what God has in store for you. But I, I, I can't do that. Number one, it wouldn't be faith. And it's only faith that pleases God. Amen. But I can tell you this. It is there. It is in you waiting on you to release it. God has a path for you to follow. But he's waiting for you to step in that path. My desire was never to be a preacher, never to stand behind a pulpit, never. When I graduated Bible school, a friend of mine said, what are you going to do now? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm just going to go to church. I'm just going to serve in my church. I had no, oh, I'm going to have a big ministry all over the world. I just loved Jesus. I just wanted to serve God because he did so much for me. What does he have in store for you? I don't know. But I, again, I know it's in you. And that's why he's brought you to this church. This is a church that has, their doors are open for you to take that step with God. I'll end with this. Turn over to uh, chapter 7. In verse 55. Make sure I get a copy of this. This is really good stuff. (laughs) People say, you get tired of preaching the same thing? I have never preached the same thing. Never. It's always different. And I love it. I love it. That's what's exciting about serving God. It's all the things he has available for you. Places he wants to take you. Things he wants to do with you. Verse 55. But he, that's Stephen. Stephen is about to be stoned to death. He was the first martyr in the Bible. It says, and Stephen... Being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. I was taught, you were taught, the scriptures say that when Jesus went to heaven, he is sitting on the right hand of God. This is the only place in your Bible where it is written that Jesus stood for someone when they entered in. And who did he stand for? I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll get involved. And Jesus stood 
when he entered in. Can you understand Brother Godbay a little bit better how he could write that definition that he wrote on people who render assistance, on people who give help to the weak and the needy, on people who desire to render assistance, who desires to give help to the weak and the needy. He starts off, oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when, when red to hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could I have, could I have a little piano? You can show that slide now, if you have it. Hallelujah. Several years ago, I was at a church. And afterwards, a a gentleman walked up to me. And told me, you know, that he was a uh, mechanic. And I asked him, I said, do you have a carburetor tore, tore apart in your, in your shop? And he says, yes, we do. And I said, well, would you bring it in? And, and, and we lay, laid out, and this is not all the parts of the carburetor. And as I was laying them there on the table to take a picture of it, he says, Brother Buddy, see that little silver pin right there? It's only about a quarter of an inch long. He said, Buddy, if that little pin right. is not in that carburetor, right. it will do exactly what you talked about this morning. Right. It will start and then it will flood out. That little pin right there. It's not an accident that you're here in this church. It doesn't matter if you're a big part or that little tiny silver pin. That's why you're here. It would be easier to make you do something. But we don't do that. God's waiting on you. You say, well, brother, buddy, I, at times I feel like I'm a nothing. That there isn't that much that I could contribute to the church. If that little silver pin is not in that carburetor, you ain't going nowhere. That's why God brought you here. A long time ago, I realized and understood I'm just part of the carburetor. Some people say, is this, is, this, is this all you do, brother buddy? Yeah. I'm that little silver pin right there. As long as I'm doing my part, the church is going to go forward. Every head bow. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, we thank you for this morning, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for literally speaking to hearts. If you're here this morning, and you have yet gotten involved, maybe you've just started coming, 
And the reason why is because you know and I know you're searching. You want more. If that's you and you're not involved and you want to be involved in the church, would you raise your hand? Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Is there anybody else? I'm looking. Another hand, yes. Anybody else? You're not giving up your life. They're not asking for you to be serving every service. But be that little silver pin in the carburetor. Is there anybody else? I'm going to look. All right. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. 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 Anybody else? Yes. I'm going to look. Take that step. Yes. You that raise your hands, raise them up again real high so I can see them. You that raise your hands, raise them up again. Raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. You that raise your hands up, I want you to come up to the front. Let's give them a hands. They're coming up here. Come on up here. Amen. Amen. Give me your card. You got your card? Give me a hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Crowd in here. I'm not going to bite you. I slobber a little, but I, I won't bite you. Come on. Any more over here? Come on. Here they come. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. I challenge you. Take a step and see what God will do in your life. I challenge you. Amen. You say, I don't have any idea. You will when you step out and start moving toward the front. I guarantee it. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Come on. Where's my usher with my my cards? Where's the usher with the cards? Come on up here. I'm known as the Holy Ghost Recruiter. Amen. I'm going to give you one of these cards. Let's get one of these cards right here. All right, everybody get one, okay? Now, there's going to be an usher at the back door with these cards too, right? All right, and for you that your feet are glued to the floor, on the way out, you grab one of these cards, okay? All right, now, you that have this card, I want you to fill this out before you leave. You say, well, brother, buddy, I'm going to take mine home and pray over it. No, you're not. No, you're not. Amen. You're not. Let me tell you why. You want to do this while you're under the umbrella of the anointing that is over this church. Because, see, the Bible says the enemy comes immediately to steal, to kill, and destroy. Amen. He jumps in the car out there in the parking lot. Amen. All right. So you're going to fill this out, right? All right, you gonna fill this out? You gonna fill it out? Fill it out? You gonna fill it out? Fill it out? What's your name? Caleb. Caleb? If you don't fill this out, Caleb, <laughs> I will come back and get you. Okay. <laughs> so I want to see Caleb's card tonight. All right. Y'all gonna fill them out? You young people, yes. are you ready for an adventure? There, nothing compares than the journey with God. Who knows where you're going to go? Stretch your hands out toward these people. Hallelujah. You that are here, raise your hands up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands up. Amen. Father, they, they've come. They've said, Lord, here am I. <laughs> what I have. I give it unto thee. And Father, I know right now you're receiving each and every one of them. And those gifts and talents that you have placed on the inside of them, 
are going to begin to blossom, begin to stir. They're going to rise to the top. And they're going to be all that you want them to be. They'll go where you want them to go. And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen and amen. Let's give them a hand as they're going back. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I want you to do something for me. And thank you all for being here this morning. I thank Pastor for not announcing that that I was speaking. So we can have a good crowd. Amen. Before you sit down, I want you to do something for me. For over a year, I was not able to do this wherever I ministered, but we can do it now. I want you to turn to three people. Everybody say one, One, two, two, three. three. I want you to turn to three people one at a time. I'm going to watch you one at a time. I want you to throw your arms around them, give them a hug and go, oh, and you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just be seated just for a moment. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to give you an opportunity to give towards this ministry. We've also got uh, materials out at the... uh, in the commons area, be sure and avail yourself to some of those. Those are some of the most best-selling books in uh, Harrison House's history because of the content that's within them. They'll be a great blessing to you. Amen. So if you'd like to give, you can give text to give. You can give classic way. You can give whatever you want to do. Uh, but uh, we need to bless this ministry. Amen. And uh, so I'm going to pray, and uh, then we're going to take up that offering. Father, in Jesus' name, we just give you praise and thank you for the encouragement that has come forth, the stirring in our hearts to do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. And we just give towards this ministry gift because they have so richly imparted to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go forth. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you're here today and you need to recommit your life to the Lord, or maybe you need prayer in an area of your life, we're going to have ministers that are going to be up here at the close of service, and they're here to help you with any need that you could possibly have. Amen? Don't go out the way you came in. Amen? We do have altar benches. If you want to do your work one-on-one with God, that's the best way. That's absolutely the best way. I encourage you to use them and avail yourself to them. But if you need someone to agree with you in prayer or to assist you, they're here to do so as well. Amen? So God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen? We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. We're doing our verse-by-verse Bible study on the book of Ephesians. And then next Sunday, we're going to be starting our fall series called Disclosure. And um, so Disclosure is a series that I can't put on YouTube, I can't put on Facebook. So it's going to be totally re- uh, relegated to our website. So if you want to see us, if you're perchance not here, you need to go to lake-church.com. Also, we will have it on our iCampus. It will also stream on Apple TV and on uh, Roku. So those are the only four places that I know of that will have it there. Now, we will have a portion of our website that will be dedicated to these messages because we're going to talk about some things that are very sensitive. So wear your steel-toed boots because we're getting ready to go into the last of the last of the last days, and we're going to be a church that's ready. Amen? And uh, so we're we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about fringe things that you're seeing on the internet, people are seeing it all the time, but yet the church is not addressing these things. You see, we should be 
the corner, have the corner market on all things supernatural. Amen? I've said this a million times, and I'm going to say it again. It is a shame that a 13-year-old girl with a Ouija board knows more about the supernatural than the church. And it's time for us to awaken to the supernatural worldview that the Bible teaches and operate in it in these last days. Amen? And so we're going to be talking about certain things that uh, about our government or things that are going on in the world. We're going to talk about the WEF. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. I want to show you the beast system in activity. I'm going to use their own words. I'm going to use their own documents to show you what is going on in the world today, not to scare you. Because we don't need to be scared. Our redemption draws nigh. Amen? But to be informed, to be able to pray for the lost, to pray for those that do not know God, and to be impacted and motivated to go forth and to do the Great Commission. Amen? God bless you. We look forward to seeing you throughout the week, Bible school, wherever we may see you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.